You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 191, Harriet Miller and a Fierce Faith. This one hits close to home. It's my grandma, guys. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Eric Nevins. Thank you so much for being here. If you haven't had a chance, go out to halfwaytherepodcast.com. There's a little button there that says Patreon, and you can click on that. And if you want to support what we do here, if you want to keep it running, uh, it's just $5 a month or that we have higher ones. If you want to get some swag, I'll send you a t-shirt or something. Um, or you could just do, do the $5 and get access to uh, episodes earlier than everybody else. So that would be great. Today, our guest, I'm so excited about this one um, because I had this idea back around Christmas time um, that I would like to interview a couple of people who are very special to me. Today is one of those calls. Um, she is one, somebody who I've spent a lot of time with. She is a little bit fiery. You'll find that. And she is my grandmother, Harriet Miller. Grandma, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you very much, Eric. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, it's exciting. You, uh, when I first asked you, were like, I don't know, but you you made it. You made it on the call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So, uh, all right. So, I want to tell tell us a little bit about you. Are you you doing okay? You're. I know that. Uh, you know. I, hopefully, this is all over when we put this out. But you're uh, you're doing all right with the the whole uh, pandemic going on. Uh, so far, um, it gets kind of lonely, but that's just part of it. And um, uh, it it's it's one of those things that you have to get through like everything else in life. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting the things I need. And, and, um, so that's much, much as we can do right now. Right. That's the most important part for sure. I want to talk about some of your story and go back. So let's, uh, now you grew up, did you grow up your whole life in Des Moines, Iowa? Yes. You I was did. born here. Okay. Raised here. Went to school here, all that kind of thing. Yeah. I remember that little house, and I don't remember where that house is. I could probably drive there if I was in town, but I haven't lived in Des Moines for 20 years. But did you live in that house, Grandma and Grandpa's house, your whole life? or? Uh, Grandma and uh, Grandfather John, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. We moved all over the city of Des Moines. I never lived there. Oh, you did I was already married by the time they moved there. Oh, gotcha. I didn't know that. See, I'm learning things yeah. already. <laughs> okay. What was what was your life growing like growing up? Oh dear. Um I was I was of course born and raised here in Des Moines. Um it was during the depression and things were pretty tight, pretty hard. Um sometimes we were not we sometimes we were hungry. Uh sometimes um, it was dad's work was um, sporadic, and um, as I said, we moved a lot. What did he um, do? What did he do? He was a carpenter. Okay. Um, he was also a well. He was a man of all a lot of trades. He could do just a, uh, just an awful lot of things, and uh, uh, so. But even then, it was um, jobs were hard to find, and and um, uh, so um, we were. We were pretty poor, and um, um, I guess that's kind of not sure exactly how to, yeah, how yeah. to describe it, but it, but it was difficult. Were Were your family believers at all? No. Well, I, I if I go back, uh, maybe I go back to before, uh, like my dad's mother and dad. I don't know about his father, but his mother was a Quaker, was raised in a Quaker home. Oh, interesting. They came, they came over here with one of William Penn's colonies. Oh, wow. And, um, um, so when she married my grandfather, 
I'm not sure yet about the story, but they they said that he told her she could no longer go to the Quaker meetings, and so she started going to a Methodist church. Uh, I don't know too much about his background as far as his religious training, but there were things that I heard over the years that made me wonder if he didn't go to Sunday school, but we never really talked about it. On mother's side of the family, um, I again, I don't know much of anything about my grandfather, but my uh, grandmother was, um, oh dear, oh, I can't even think, it's not um, Pentecostal. And the uh, mother was raised in a, in a Pentecostal church, and I understand that she was saved at the age of 16. But she married my father when she was 17, and he was not a believer, and um, things were never very smooth. Oh. And um, so... Um, so I, 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 and I spent, but I spent a lot of time in my grandmother's home and I can remember going to church in Sunday school as a child. Um, I think I always knew, I knew who Jesus was. I knew that he was God's son. Uh, I knew that I was a sinner. I needed to be saved, that he died on the cross. I knew all of that growing up, but um but I never but a lot of the time we didn't I did not go to church or Sunday school and I don't recall my parents going um as I got a little older and old enough we had those uh, good news clubs in the neighborhood that we would go to during the summer and then a lady from the Salvation Army um Captain Schultz um started picking us up and taking us to the the community center and it was a church as well. And, um, uh, I ended up, uh, she got a lot of band instruments and I learned to play the B flat bass horn. And, uh, when we, <laughs> when, uh, when we got good enough, why they took us out on the street and, um, they passed out leaflets and things like that. Um, I can remember doing that kind of thing. Um, and how old were you then? Huh? How old were you? Oh, well, I would have been in. I would have been in uh, grade school, and then probably junior high. Okay. And um, then um, we moved again out of that area and into um, over on the east side. And um, um, there was a lady a couple of doors over that went to the Apostolic Faith Assembly Church. And she started picking us up, and um, a couple of my sisters and my cousin, who lived uh, just down the street, and uh, we went there. I went there through um, the first year in high school. So I had, uh, I mean, I I knew the the. Uh, I, as I said, I already knew and understood who Jesus was. I'm not certain. I was a Christian, but I, but I, I would have argued with you if you tried to tell me anything different because I knew that was true. And <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting because you have a, a big, it's a wide swath of different traditions that you just mentioned, right? So yes, from yes. Methodist to Charismatic to uh, Salvation Army, like all, all of that, very interesting, and to Apostolic even those they're interesting too. Um, so. So that's kind of a smorgasbord of different denominational influences. You you thought you were a Christian. So how did you decide for sure that no, you were? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I. You don't I, think you I, were, I, but no, I, but you would have thought you were at the time. You said no. I don't really think I was. I I just I don't know. I don't know really what I thought, except that I knew. I, all through high school, I know that the girls that were my friends were the Christian girls. So it I it's kind of difficult to but no I I I didn't it well let's see I would say I was I was about 33 when I really accepted Jesus as my savior. Oh wow. Okay. So I'd already married and had children and my husband had died and all of that. Oh, well, okay. Well, I want to hear that, but tell me, tell me some of those stories because you, so before you get to that, cause fill in that, those gaps. So high school, what happened after high school? Do you want, by the um, way, 
I should say this. You and I went to the same high school. Yes, we did. East yeah, High. That's right. Dear East High. Yeah. Um, okay, I graduated from high school, um, which was a miracle in itself because um, I my parents would not have cared if I quit. And uh, I think the only thing that kept me from doing so, uh, I had a junior high teacher who um, I was always forget. I would bring my um, excuse for being absent, but I would never pick up the little pink slip afterwards. I don't know why there was a block something. And one day she said to me, Harriet, you are so dumb. You will never finish high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was the thing I, I would think that. And I said, no, there I'm not, not anyway, I'm going to let her be right. And, uh, so I, I finished high school. That's a little of that family um, stubbornness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a broad streak. <laughs> I was hired at the telephone company, but we didn't have a phone, and we I well, we lived way out on the east, way out east, uh, southeast side of Des Moines, and there was no transportation, and the the, the um, hours were um, erratic, and I couldn't take the job. I eventually, so I ended up moving into Des Moines uh, with my aunt. Um, my cousin was a strong, we were very, very strongly connected. Uh, we would, we would get to talking and, and, or, or we would be start laughing about something when we knew exactly what the other one was thinking. And, uh, so, but we, anyway, I moved in there and so that I could work. But by that time, I, I, I don't know. I, I was, I was just barely 17 when I graduated and, uh, was that early? Yes. Okay. Um, I had gone to summer school two summers, so I graduated early. Did you want to uh, graduate? Like that was something you were after or what? Um, I'm not sure. Yes, I think I did. But I just didn't. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I um, while, while we were uh, living there, uh, my aunt had a nursing home. And we would help her in the nursing home. And um, uh, I found a job and started working. And, and um, <clears throat> my cousin knew, had worked for a dental laboratory. And one of the young men that was there, um, uh, she gotten acquainted with pretty well. And um, she met him again um, at, after, after I graduated. And um, um, she... Um, Anyway, she got talking to him, and, and they usually went right down the street where we lived, and uh, they they uh, had motorbikes to him and and, and uh, his buddy, and so um, they told told her to uh, let us know where they where we lived. So she she had to go in. So she told me to yell at him when they went by, which I did, <laughs> and uh, they they stopped, and we got acquainted, and I started dating Don in October. We were married the following October, and the following October after that, uh, David was born. My, our old, my, your old uncle. Oh yeah, that's that's born. an eventful couple of years there. Yeah, it, it was difficult. He was only nineteen when we got married, and looking back on it now, he just wasn't. Marriage was fine, but a family. He wasn't ready to settle down. Uh, maybe that's not quite the word, but um, we had a difficult time at, at that time because of it. And um, what what does that mean, relationally or? Yeah, yeah, relationally. I mean, gotcha. it was just we just didn't. Um, like I said, he wasn't ready for a family, and it just it it got pretty hard. And um, so, um, anyway. Things smoothed out a little after, probably after David was probably a year or so old. And um, then um, later, right, we were able to buy a, uh, buy our own home. Um, and um, he wanted to then, to go, by that time, he was, I think he was beginning to grow up, shall we say. 
And uh, I, I realize that now, you know, as, as an as, as an older adult, why then I I can look back on it and see that what this problem was. But anyway, we um, um, he wanted then he wanted to go ahead and have another child, which we did, and that was your grandfather, Yay. my my yeah. dad, my dad. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and then after that, we had. Um, there was about five years there, and I had a, I had a um, medical problem, shall we say? Um, and uh, the doctor told me that I was going through menopause. I was twenty-five years old. Oh wow! And um, so he said he put me on estrogen, and um, he said that would get me through the worst of it. And he said, and get out of that house and go to work. And I did. Oh, wow. And uh, my sister came and lived with us uh, uh, to watch after the the boys. I mean, um, Dave was in school. Um, Her dad wasn't. And uh, so anyway, she um, took care of the kids while I went to school, while I worked. And... um, um, yeah, I want to ask some other questions. Um, okay. Okay. First of all, that so your sister, which sister was that? Ruth. Aunt Boo. Okay. We call it. We call yeah. her Aunt Boo. Aunt, yes. Aunt Boo. Yeah. Where Where did she get that nickname? I don't. This, uh, one of the, oh, I think maybe it was David. He couldn't say Ruth. He oh. said Boo. No, no, it was your dad. He couldn't say Ruth. He said Booth. <laughs> And so it became Boo, Aunt Boo. Aunt Boo. Okay. Yep. Well, that's uh, that's how I've always known her my whole life. Yeah. Um, yep. And <laughs> she can be a little scary if you uh, aren't careful. She'll she'll get yeah. you. Um, but she. Okay. So she was living with you. But I wanted to ask about uh, Don. I guess my Grandpa. I never knew him, but um, like, what was his background? I don't think he had ever been in a church. He had no church. We okay. Were, when until we were married, the day we were married, and not again. Wow. Okay. Um, so there's no faith going on there, and, and it sounds like in your life there just probably wasn't any faith. It was just. Yeah, I, I would I would maybe maybe laying there at night, and not being able to go to sleep or something, and I think the verse would pop into my head that the Lord could come back in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. And I would panic. Lord, mm. you can't come back yet. I'm not ready. Uh, I knew. Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, no, there were, uh, but again, like my parents, they let him go to the church, uh, Dave and, and Rick, and then Doug, um, uh, went to Indian Oil Heights. And, um, <clears throat> Uh, I didn't, but it wasn't until Don got sick that um, the um, uh, youth pastor started, um, he came down and started uh, talking to me, and and, uh, um, he wanted my background, and I I, I gave him, you know, some of what I told you, and... uh, um, during the uh, time that he was ill, he was he was uh, diagnosed with cancer in probably January or February of '64, uh, and um, he um, at that time they told me that um, well to begin with they thought it was just a bleeding ulcer and. Uh, I found a lump under his arm, left arm, and I immediately, I said, cancer. I I just knew that's what it was. And um, so when I talked to his doctor, I finally got through to them that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't out of bed from the time I brought him home from the hospital. Um, Well, he'd been in for for the bleeding ulcer, and uh, he just didn't seem to get any better and he was still in bed two weeks later and uh so they suggested that uh well when i talked to the doctor and finally got through to him that what was going on he said well if he's not better monday he said uh we'll get him in here and get some more tests done and uh 
But on Monday, I had the grocery store, and when I got home, my mom, my mother-in-law was living with me, uh, with us at that time. She was 82, <coughs> and uh, she um, told me, she says, you better get in there. She said, there's something wrong. He was babbling, and there were, his tongue was just thick in his mouth, and I called an ambulance and sent him to the hospital, and I, I took off, and um, so when I the intern came in and uh I told him, I said, you may think I'm crazy, but I think it's cancer. And he said, I think so too. And uh, so he had surgery. They said he would have been dead within three days if they didn't do the surgery on his brain. And um, after the surgery, um, the doctor came out and with the intern with Dr. Schulteis and uh, resident, I should say. And uh, he was talking to me and, and kind of beating around the bush. And Dr. Schulte says, he said, take off the kid gloves. She, she's the one who told me it was cancer. It made the doctor mad. And he looked at, he looked at him and glared and, and uh, he looked at me and he said, he's got six months to a year to live. Mm. What did that do to you? And and knowing it was cancer, I'd already been through it with my uncle and my grandmother and a couple of others, and I knew what was coming. And it was like, oh, no, six months to a year, that's going to be a long time. Now, that sounds crazy. You, most people would probably think the opposite. <laughs> but <laughs> thinking what he would be going through, just I, I didn't panic, but it was just, that's just, it just hit. And I knew that. Um, I, like I said, I knew what was coming. And, um, so any rate, they, they, we discussed what to do <clears throat> and a little while later, a few days later, while we were, the doctor and I were talking and, and, uh, he was telling me things I could do. And I, I explained to him that I'd already, I'd already told the boys, uh, not, you know, as much as you can tell them that daddy was sick and he might not be with us long. And, um, Anyway, I, I called the school and talked to them and told them that uh, what was going on. And I said, told them that I, I wanted to know if, if they would let me know if they saw anything because they might see things going on before I did. And I, I needed to know it if that was true because I was spending a lot of time at the hospital with him and until um, uh, we finally got him home. And um, uh, it was, at any rate, it, it was, I think... During that time period, he, I lost count at 80 transfusions. Oh, wow. And um, he would not allow them to even do it until I got there. So they would call me at home and say, Harriet, the blood's up. And uh, so I'd head for the hospital and sit there all day. He would not talk. He just, I just had to be there. So it was very difficult. And the family... Uh, his family, my family, his friends all seem to be coming a part of the seams and somebody had to stay strong. And so I thought it was me. And that was you. Yeah. And that was me. That doesn't surprise me knowing you. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Tell me about telling the boys though. What was that like? Huh? Tell me about telling the boys. Cause I don't think I've ever heard that story. I'm not sure they really, I mean, they saw him. You know, going back and forth between the hospital, he was never out of bed again. Uh, he would get up maybe for meals or some maybe sit in the living room for a little while. Uh, they saw him go through seizures on more than one occasion. Um, they were right there. Mm. But I thought... How old were they? Uh, well, okay, they would have been... Uh, they were 3, 4, 6, and 11. Or, no, yeah, 3, 4, 6, 11, and 14 when he died. Okay. So he, they would have been a year younger than that. Yeah. So two, three, five. You know, so the little ones really, they don't really remember him. Um, the two older boys, your dad and, and uh, Dave, both do. Um, because like I said, they were 11 and 14 when, when he died. Yeah. And um, um, I don't know how much... It really, I, the, the, like I said, the little ones, I don't think it really ever registered. 
because they don't really remember him. Doug does a little, but the other two don't at all. And um, so, um, but Dave and, and I think at the funeral was the first time uh, your dad just came. He just started sobbing. He couldn't get his breath. Mm. And uh, I, I was, that was more of a panic than anything for me. And, um, but at any rate, they, uh, but uh, during this time, uh, the, the um, pastor, youth pastor was with me. And I and we talked a lot about the Lord and and um, my what my beliefs were and everything, and I told him that when it was over I would go back to church. And he died the twenty first on a Sunday, and the following Sunday I was in church. Wow! So what what month was that? What was that? What month was that? That he died? What was the 21st of? Oh, he died the 21st of February in 65. Okay. And on the 28th, I was in church. I walked into church for the first time on all those years with my five sons. And uh, the youth pastor looked at me. He said, Harriet, you're here. And I said, I told you I wouldn't. He said, well, yeah, you did. But he said, it was was a few (laughs) weeks later. He said, you're the first person who ever told me they would do that. And actually did. <laughs> That's why he was so shocked. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I'm not surprised by that either. You were like, yeah, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Wow. No, I, it was something I, I wanted, definitely. I wanted to be in church. Okay. So how do you think that when Grandpa Don died, did that... Was God speaking to you through that? Was God like... I mean, obviously he didn't cause it. I'm just... But what was your relationship with God like through that? I don't think I would have ever come to know the Lord as my Savior if He hadn't been taken out of the way. Wow! I know that is that. I know that maybe not sounds right, but that's the way I look at it because I just know that's true. It was. It was. He was a very controlling person, Mm. and I don't think I would have ever. and uh, the pastor himself came down and talked to him because um, he wanted to make sure that somebody had talked to him about the Lord. And um, he, when he came out, he said, well, at least he believes in God. <laughs> but I knew right then it had not, no, it had not gone through. And actually, I'm not sure whether this is something I should say, but when he died, um, the inter the uh, resident came in and 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 he I I probably looked many years younger than I was I was like I said I was thirty two at that time and I probably looked like more like eighteen twenty something like that and um, you you could see the look on his face it was like oh my god she's so young mm. and what am I going to say and uh, so what he did was put the sheet up over his head, you know, symbolic of they're gone. Yeah. And, um, and I said, he's, I said, he's, he's dead. And he said, yes. And, uh, so then he left. And, um, as we were standing there, I saw this very faint ripple of the sheet. It started at his feet and it started going up the sheet and out over his head. And I said to my mother, I said, that's his spirit leaving. Wow. I I knew, I just knew that was what it was. And I, I, I pray I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm sure he was not saved. Wow. So. Yeah. Well. But it, it doesn't, go ahead. Well, it's just an interesting, um. You know, so it's such a mixed story, right? I mean, obviously it's sad. Um, and, you know, I, I would love to also think that he knew the Lord. Maybe someday I'll get to meet him. But um, but also that God used that circumstance to kind of get a hold of you. Yes. Yeah. I think he's always had his hand on me because mm. I could have gotten in trouble many times over the years and didn't. <laughs> right. So I, I think he kind of... <laughs> He had he. I was his from the beginning. Wow, that's amazing. 
Uh, well, thank you for sharing that. Cause I don't think I've ever heard that story in as much detail. There's not too many people who have. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, a, that's very, very special. So thank you. Um, okay. So you, you showed up in church and you said, okay. Uh, so did you, it doesn't sound to me like you had any kind of personal like moment. You just, as things were developing, you knew God, you were trusting him and you said, okay, now I'm going to go to church. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I, I think so. Probably. Yeah. Uh, get uh, get back to church. Let's put it that way. Yeah, right. And you just knew that you were his. I I think now, yes, mm. definitely, that I was his. Yeah, all all along. Interesting. Okay. Well, so that's a that's a tough spot to be in. Uh, a widow with five boys, young boys, especially as rowdy as I know some of them are. <laughs> I only have three yeah. boys, and so I can't imagine doing that. Uh, how? And you were already working, right? So you were you still working then? I'm assuming. No, I no. I oh. when um, uh, after um, I, I I went back to work after Doug was born, but when I got pregnant with Dale, that was it because I had I I, I had lost one in between Doug and Dale. I oh. was just about maybe six eight weeks along. Okay, and. Um, then, um, Roger was born about a year, in fact, two days less than a year after Dale was born. So there was no way of, of five oh, boys yeah. going, going to work. Um, I had my social security, um, my, um, my home was paid for. Um, so that, um, after he died, I was able to pay the house off. Oh, okay. And uh, so, um, and I did babysitting. Actually, the week that uh, the twenty eighth was when I went to church. I took my sister's four children into my home <laughs> to take uh, the youngest was was six months old, and uh, took care of her for the two went to school with my boys. I had them during the week, and then they went home on the weekend to her. Oh wow! And uh, so, I there there was no chance of of working at that point. I mean, you, you babysitting fees alone, or or oh yeah, you know, I couldn't have done it. Right. So that makes sense. I, so I didn't know that. I was so. How did you support yourself just by babysitting your your with social security and babysitting? Yes. Oh, I see. Oh, you got okay. You got social security from Don. Yes. Yeah, I see. Yes. Right. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's good, I guess. So, okay. So you were, you were going through that. Did you guys get involved in church or like what, what happened for spiritually for you after that? Oh, okay. Um, I, well, to begin with the two little ones had never been away from home and they were afraid. And I, I had to sit with them in Sunday school class in order to keep them there. Oh, so wow. I, the first few weeks, I could not go to church, but I don't know whether it was the first or second Sunday um, that when they gave the altar call, I can remember putting, I was sitting on the aisle and the leg of the uh, pew was right there. And I remember putting my purse back under the um, pew. And if they'd said, ready, set, go, I would have ran. <laughs> You're ready. I, I was ready. Wow. And uh, I accepted Christ as my Savior at that point. But I still didn't. I sure was. I wasn't sure. And I had to know. They gave me a book on, by David C. Cook that, that, um, that uh, now that I believe. And there was a, a chapter in there on praying through. And what I took from the chapter was if you want to know an answer to something, get down on your knees and pray until you get the answer. And I decided I was going to do that. And uh, so I turned the TV off about midnight, <clears throat> went into beside my bed and, st- and, and knelt and started to pray. I got to a point where I couldn't move one inch, not even that, and needles would just shoot through me. But I was determined, and I, and I just kept praying. And pretty soon I started getting drowsy, and I couldn't – and I, and I – I was fighting sleep and pain, 
and the Lord spoke to me audibly. What did he say? Yeah, tell me that. Let all things be known unto you that I am your Lord, thy God. It was, it was just like we're speaking. I heard his voice. I jumped up and I looked across the the bed to the clock and it was exactly three o'clock. And I, I was ecstatic and I was whirling around the bed. Anybody had seen me, they thought I was nuts, but it was, it, it was, uh-huh. and, and I, I had gone through a new believers class with the pastor. And, um, one of the things he had said was the Lord speaks to you, call somebody. And I'm thinking, who do I call at three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> right. So I, I went to bed, went to sleep promptly, got up the next morning. I felt great. And, um, went on from there. Yeah. And so that was assurance for you. Absolutely. But as time went on, I realized it may have meant more. Oh, tell me about that. Well, it was a long, it was, I, well, to begin with, when I, after I was saved, I, I knew a lot about the Bible stories and everything. I'd, I'd heard them over the years and I, I knew, well, I knew a lot of them. And, uh, but I decided that <clears throat> I was going to have to read the Bible from cover to cover before I knew, would know the, even glimpse the mind of Christ, of God. So I started with Genesis 1-1 and started through. And so it was, uh, and every time I, I would get, um, a minute I was reading my Bible. I got over to, so it would have been several months later. I got over to, um, um, first John, um, the second chapter. And as I was reading, um, verse 20 came on. I, I pulled this out because I thought this might come up or might be brought up. And it says, but you have an unction or an anointing from the Holy one and you know, all things. But the anointing, but 27 then, it, that verse, verse, the 20 just popped off the page at me. Oh, yeah. And so then I got over to 27, and again, it said, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as, as it hath uh, taught you, ye shall abide in him. And I thought, okay, there's something more there. I, at that point, um, I had already, um, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Um, anyway, I, I just felt there was, because there had been things happening that I seemed to know, and I didn't know why I knew. And this is the passage that the Lord spoke to you and and seems like it kind of shaped your life and maybe even as a gifting. Um, I knew uh, later I realized that I had the gift of discernment. Gotcha. And when things are wrong, not, not, not necessarily in, you know, day-to-day world, but where the church is concerned, if there's a problem, I know it. Gotcha. And I, but I've never, you know, so, um, it's just it's just something that I know, and it seems like I get somewhere some way I get all the details. I don't want the details, but I get them <laughs> okay <laughs> well, that's a that's kind of an interesting gift yes it it it, it is, and one I've never really known how to use, and i don't and I've never known that I've never felt that I was to use it. I was just to know it. And huh. that doesn't make a lot of sense either. That's At interesting. Least. So you don't, so, you've never felt like, okay, so there's something wrong over here and I, maybe we should go do something about it. You never felt like I was asking you to do that. He just was letting you know, like, so what do you do with it? You pray or what? Um, yeah, but I didn't know what to, the the couple of times that I did, um, they were going to hire, uh, when, this was after uh, Bill and I got married, because um, that was three years after Don Don died. By I remarried, and um, uh, we went to Covenant 
where he was going to church. And um, they were going to hire a young woman for the, the children's ministry. And Bill and I were heavily uh, into the children's ministry. And she came out to the house to talk to us and, and go over what we were doing and, and uh, uh, a lot of different things. Well, but anyway, when they were going to hire her, there was this feeling she doesn't belong in this church. She shouldn't be hired. And I, everything that I could think of, they brought up and discussed and dismissed. So they hired her. And like I said, she came out of the house. And um, after we, we talked for probably a couple of hours. And uh, her and I, Bill and her and I, and uh, at when she got ready to leave, she was standing at the door and she said, Harriet, I know there's something wrong between the two of us, but I just don't know what it is. <laughs> and uh, she say? said, nah. at any rate, uh, she, I, I wanted to lie to her and I knew I couldn't. So as kindly as you can say something like that, I said, Lois, I don't believe you belong in that position. And she said, well, then we can't work together. And I said, no, I said, I said, you are in that position and I will do everything I can to make things work. And she said, well, then, okay, then it's okay. And I said, yes. Uh, Sometime later, there were two, a couple of things that happened. Um, we had a young woman, she and her husband were expecting their first baby and he was killed. And, uh, so she, um, anyway, the boy was, he was in my group, in my class, in my Sunday school class. And, uh, anyway, she met this man, not a Christian. Her Christian friend said, don't marry him. Her non-Christian friend said, was, that was stupid. You know, well, she married him. And um, they've been, they just got married. They, they were not married in the church. I don't know where they got married, but they did. And uh, they were gone for a couple of weeks. And uh, she brought him, uh, brought Jay into the classroom. And uh, when I, the minute I saw her, I said, and Lois was standing there and, and Bill, and, and I said, uh-oh, there's trouble in paradise. And they looked at me, what are you talking about? They just got married. I said, I don't care. I said, there's trouble already. And sure enough, within a month, they were they were separated. Oh wow! And there was another time. There was something else, and I won't go into that. But yeah. that, but a second time, and um, she we were standing in the hallway one day, and she said, "Harriet," she said, "You have an uncanny ability to zero in on things long before other people do." She said, "But you're going to have to be awfully careful because you know things before other people are ready to hear them." <sighs> yeah. That is one of the trouble, one of the problems with that gift, isn't it? You, yes. You have to, yeah, because you have to discern not only, um, you know, what's happening, but also when the right time to say something is. Right. Mm. I did one time uh, after they gotten rid of our pastor, and they had brought another one. Uh, there, the other man had come in, and uh, two of the one of the lame people, and and he were working on a on a. a program for the church to get things started. And, um, it was a wonderful program. And so, but we met as a church group and then they put us in groups of like three and to talk about it. And I made the comment to them. I, um, I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, and I, and I said, I said, it's a wonderful program. I, I I think it's marvelous, but it's not going to go anywhere until they take care of the sin and in this church. They blew up at me. <laughs> I bet. I bet and, it was difficult. But it was true because and uh, later the one of them came back and apologized. She's uh, in fact I didn't even it was far enough out that I didn't even realize to begin with what she was talking about. But she knew then that I had known what was going to happen. Um. Oh. It was, it, it just, it just was not going to go anywhere. I always thought when, you know, if the Lord's in it, any program can work. But if he's not, the best program won't necessarily work. Right. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely needs the Lord to be there and, and blessing it, right? Right. Oh, interesting. Oh, and you could tell. Okay. Well, that's pretty fascinating, Grandma. I didn't know all that about you. 
yeah, well, that's something I've dealt with for years. I'm, I'm right now dealing with a situation that that I don't feel I can say anything about, but I know it's true. Uh, the Lord has shown me time and time again on this situation what the situation is, but I just don't. <clears throat> but there, it's not anything I can really say or do anything about. I think there are enough, enough people have to see or had to see what was going on that they've ignored, but I can't. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know, uh, about that as a, as a gift that you had. So, um, okay. Well, so yeah, you mentioned earlier that you, you did eventually get remarried. I I didn't know the timeline exactly. So three years and you had small kids, right? I guess I did mm-hmm. know the timeline cause dad was 14, right? When that happened. So yeah, he would have been about 14. Gotcha. Um, yeah, cause David was 17. So he would, that's been about. About the right. Well, I, I actually I was engaged to a man uh, during the first year, and and the Lord told me, to, and audibly he said, "Give him up." Oh wow! I didn't know that. And yeah, he, he told me to give him up. And I, but Lord, I don't understand. Uh, I knew there was a divorce, and I knew some some of the circumstances behind it. She had had another man's child, and um, I had understood that. That would legally that would negate yeah. the um, um, marriage, but um, that 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 was not his. Uh, and I and I said, Lord, I don't understand. Well, a little while it wasn't a few days later. Uh, the verse came to me: He who marries a divorced um, woman causes her to commit adultery. And I said, But Lord, that's a man. And he in a very stern voice, not. Audibly, but yet audibly, uh, not like we're talking, but it was audible to me. I have no double standard. Now read it again. Oops. <laughs> okay. She who marries a divorced man causes him to commit adultery. So anyway, then I went and talked to the pastor and he said, I know the pastor. I'll talk to him. And he called that. He came back a few days later and he said, Harriet, you do not want to get mixed up in that. And so I can't, I, um, called off the engagement. Oh, wow. And uh, I thought maybe the Lord wasn't going to let me get married because every time I would read an article, uh, it would be on second marriages and her children were concerned that it, that the mortality rate of such marriages was very high. And uh, so when the past, I, David was going planning on going to Trinity. And so there were paperwork that the pastor had to sign or had to fill out. And I didn't want to. Our our pastor had already had left, just and the and the new pastor had only been there a very short time, and I wasn't sure about whether they would, um, you know, he know how to to fill it out. So I took the paperwork up and talked to him, and I was going to maybe send it on to our former pastor, and uh, he said no, he could. He's there's enough people here that can help. So, um, any rate, so he's do you you um dated all Harriet. I said, I have, but I'm not now. So anyway, the upshot was he and the and pastor from the Covenant Church got the two of us together. <laughs> and uh, they they're playing matchmakers, I guess, which is not maybe the thing they ought to do. But <laughs> any rate, um, we, anyway, uh, the first evening we met, they had prayer week. At, at, at There were four churches that got together um, in the city of Des Moines. And on the first full week in January, we had prayer week. And so I met the pastor. He got my, uh, the other pastor, and, and which was uh, the covenant pastor. And he uh, uh, told me, uh, anyway, he got my testimony, and, and uh, they got us together. And the first evening we we. Neither one of us, I don't think either one of us to begin with was were impressed, and uh, but by by we were drove around the city doing for about three hours, and I think we discussed everything a couple could possibly discuss, and we knew at the end of that 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 was it, and uh, so we were married. That was the first week in January. We were married the sixth, the eighth uh, of June, 
in 68. Wow. And 30, almost 35 years. Yeah. So, and he's, he's the one that I knew as grandpa. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. The boys, uh, the three younger ones came to me before we got married and told me that when I changed my name, they were changing theirs. And they just told everybody their names was Miller wow. from then on. And he eventually, five years later, he adopted them. So their name is Miller, where you two, your, your dad and David are Nevins. Right, right. Oh, you know what I forgot to, I, was, I thought of this, but I forgot to bring it up, is that you, when you first just had the two boys, that you guys went by, because you're Harriet. Yeah. And you have David and Ricky. Yes. Right. And uh, then Donald Osmond Nevins. Donald Osmond Nevins. Yeah. And so uh, you, and his dad, his dad's name was Ozzy. So, oh, wow. was, so you, Ozzie so Harry, go ahead. Yeah. Do it. No, I didn't No, It was, it was strictly accidental. I didn't. Uh, in fact, I had other names uh, planned and, and Don said no. And I finally came up with David and um, then with Rick, um, actually I named him Ricky Dean to begin with. <laughs> and it was, and and when we had to get the birth certificates for, um, when Don was sick and we were going to get on social security, um, I decided Ricky was crazy for a little kid. I had the choice of, of, um, well, uh, Eric on, on the Aussie, the, uh, Nelson program, his name is Eric Hilliard, um, Nelson. And so, I had either Richard or um, Eric, and I my brother's name was Richard, so I didn't think I could should do that. So I had it emanded to Eric. Oh wow! At that time, so it's on his birth certificates. It says Ricky, and then it's a line through it, and it says um, Eric or emanded Eric. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I I just always think that's such a it's just a fun story. So, um, what I don't know if you know this. So, sorry, this is about me, not you. But um, I the night before I went to high school, um, I went to go. We snuck. Well, we kind of it was late. Like we were. It was first day of school. Is the next day. It's like ten thirty. We're down at the fairgrounds, and you'll never guess who's playing the fairgrounds no. that night. Uh, Matthew and Gunnar Nelson, the sons, the twin sons oh, of Ricky uh -huh. Nelson. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So for, yeah. because of that, I've always felt a little connection to, uh, to them and, and then also Ricky Nelson. And, that, the that, and that a lot of people brought up the fact that that was what we had done, but no, it wasn't planned. It was you didn't just, do it on purpose. No, I did not. It, it was just, that's the way it just turned out. Sure. That's fine. I think it's kind of cool anyway. It, so it sounds like you, you had some pretty good, strong giftings right away. You got involved in church after you, um, you know, after you gave your life to Christ after Grandpa Don was died, and then you know, it sounds like. And I know Grandpa, he, uh, Bill, I guess I'm going to call him. Um, you know, he, you guys were like really consistent, right? Because I think you gave me when he died some like Sunday school attendance awards. Like he was. He's a teacher. Oh, yeah, a long he, string of them. Yeah. In fact, they quit giving them because we were the only ones who were giving getting them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you guys are really consistent. And you you were you became kind of the backbone and you you were there. So um that's interesting. How how were there any other moments like that I don't know to ask about for you that, that God either spoke to you or was well, yeah. Um over in Isaiah 54, I was reading my Bible one night, and um, the verses in that chapter started different ones popping off the page at me. So I went back several times, and each time more verses keep pop, kept popping up. And But it was the first three that just did not seem to fit. So finally... I started at verse four, and when I did, it was just like my heart felt like it just expanded, and I got like as big as a water bucket. It was just, I, it was just amazing. And as I read all the way through to the end, I knew it was a promise. 
to me that all my sons would be taught of the Lord mm. and great would be the peace of my children. And I've, I've prayed with that many times where the boys are concerned. Lord, they have to be walking with you to be at peace. Mm. And, but the whole thing, it's that whole chapter, except for the first three verses that I've marked as my promise. And okay. Well, that's, so that's why I was wondering, like, I, I was curious what, how you took that. Cause I'm not, I, like I said, I don't really know those, those three brothers. Certainly after we left Iowa, um, you know, I, I mm-hmm. see family twice a year, maybe, and them. And then they don't sound like it, do they? No, not really. <laughs> not necessarily. And, then, and, then, and that is, that bothers me too. And, and but, so I wanted to know how you felt about that. Like what you like, so the, cause this promise, this, like you've, you've taken this on as your, you, you know, you believe the Lord is saying this to you. And I, I don't have any reason to question that, but then I'm curious how you re- reckon with it because it's, it's a, you know, I know there's I, a disparity. I, 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 it's just something that I have to, I have to rely on the Lord. He doesn't lie. He yeah. made the promise and he will keep it. Right. So that's, that's the way I, Go at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just pray for them. And Lord, they're in your hands. You're they're they're hit. You're yours. So like we whatever. all are. Wow. Yep. Oh, grandma. Okay. Um have you ever questioned God? Like have you ever did you ever have a time when you were we just thought like you felt like you were angry with him or you felt like you, he was not holding up his end of the bargain? I didn't, I didn't know it, but when David had his accident, um, and the young man was killed, um, mm. you're not aware of that. You know, I think I've heard of it, but I don't recall that story at all. Well, really. no, you were, yeah, well, it was, you know, um, he was, he was just a, he, he just turned 21. Okay. And, um, any rate, he was actually convicted of involuntary manslaughter. And was sentenced to eight years with two years suspended um, sentence. And um, he got through that, of course, with flying colors. There was no problem. Um, when Doug had his accident and the young woman was killed, I because I had to go through the trial and all that, and I, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, uh, I lost a lot of weight, I just... Um, and and I just couldn't understand why, but at the same time, the Lord gave me the verse: "It's for a future and a hope." I didn't understand it, but okay, I had to accept that. But when when Doug had the accident, uh, I said, "No, Lord, I can't go through this again. I just can't." And I was fasting, and I was working at the time. And the lady that I was working with, uh, or was working for, was a close friend of mine. And uh, she went about, must have been about the third day why she said, are you fasting, Harriet? Uh, yeah. And anyway, she went out to lunch. And while she was out to lunch, I was, I was praying again. And uh, uh, the Lord showed me that I was angry with him over David's accident. Mm. And I didn't realize I was. But once we got that straightened out that very evening, when I, we went in at church, uh, it was on a Wednesday evening and, um, uh, the pastor came and, and was, was so happy about everything. We hadn't even turned on the radio. We got home, got something to eat and went to church. We both were working and, um, uh, they had just announced that the, that OSHA had come in and checked the, uh, vehicles for the city were not, uh, not in, and they shouldn't have been on the street and they had to rent vehicles to even work. And, uh, after that, and, uh, they completely exonerated him. Oh, wow. So it was not his, it was no way his fault. And, uh, so, um, uh, but I, that had to be straightened out first. Yeah. Is my being angry. And I still, but he said I was, and I have to accept that if he said I was, I was. So anyway, but. Well, well, interesting. Yeah. It can definitely be a thing that you may not have been aware of and, and just kind of festering there. Yeah. Uh, and it took another incident to, to kind of bring it to the fore. Wow. Did, did uncle David do some time? 
No. Oh. They, he, he was given a two-year suspended sentence. Oh, two-year suspended And the young man that he was, um, uh, was his preparation officer, was two years older. Oh, wow. And they used to accidentally meet on the golf course or accidentally meet at the bowling alley during the two years. And uh, David was still with Hy-Vee. They kept him in the, mer- in the uh, air guard. Gotcha. Uh, okay. They had to get spatial mission, you know. So he never suffered... But I knew if he went to prison, he, it would ruin him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that, that would be tough. All right. Okay. So, but if he had, why, well, there would have been nothing I could have done anyway. Oh, but. Interesting. Okay. Well, Grandma, thank you so much for sharing all this. These are the kinds of stories that I love to hear. And uh, I just hear, I hear a quiet um, but strong and fierce faith from you. God has used you for sure, not only in my life. I know you've been very, very kind to others, um, certainly in some of their hardest moments, and that probably comes from your own having to live through some hard moments. Um, but I just want to say I love you, and thank you. I love you too, sweetie. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thanks for being here. Is there anything you want to leave us with? No, just that right now we're going through some difficult times with this, and um, we just pray that we get through it together and um, and, I, and I'm sure we will. And the Lord's got his hand on it regardless. He does. He always does. No matter what happens. And he's always working even even when we can't. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Grandma. Okay. Bye-bye.